0: If you had to come up with a plan B to retool as a leader in today's down economy with the experience and knowledge you already have, these are the exact steps you can take to thrive. Welcome to the Visionary Leaders Circle podcast. I am your host, Dr. Ginny Barrow. Leaders want it all. In this podcast, we talk about it all, from how to integrate all of who you are Developing leadership skills and empowering yourself with a growth mindset in your career, relationships, finances, and even your emotional, physical, and spiritual health. Thank you for joining us.
1: In this episode, Dr. Jenny Barrow sits down with Joanna Gingerelli, the Program Manager at Verizon in the Finance Transformation Management Office. Joanna shares her approach to developing leaders and talent during this time as well as the advice she gives leaders who are looking to create a unique edge.
0: So let's get started. It's really going to be a, this wonderful personal conversation, right? Because you have so much experience, Jonah, and you have a very unique perspective. Uh, you've had teams before. You've been in a, in a Fortune 20 company uh, for a while now. And so you have seen and heard and experienced different situations that I think will inform all of the answers from the questions that we're going to tackle today. Okay. So let's start by giving us a brief update on who you are and what background you have that, that is going to inform that perspective.
1: I currently work at Verizon. I am in the uh, Finance Transformation Office. Uh, My background uh, includes uh, two master's degrees, one in finance, one in accounting. Uh, In addition, I have uh, various project management certifications and a uh, VLSS black belt. Um, I have worked in large Fortune 20 companies. I've also worked in startups. Um, I have crossed industries, so I have worked in banking in media marketing. I have worked in advertising. I have worked at Verizon now for a number of years. I have worked, uh, prior to that, I was at Starbucks and uh, other retail. Um, So not only have I crossed finance, but I've worked through marketing and in an advertising function as well as supporting the chief marketing officer of a company that was going to fold. Um, Within Verizon, recently, I have started in IT governance risk and compliance, moved to supply chain where I was the chief of staff and I'm now in finance. So I've actually, you know, I've done and seen a lot of things. Uh, I love projects more so than the daily uh, BAU and I love uh, love what I do. I can tell, I can tell because during our interactions that is
0: very obvious and that comes right through. So Jonah, in this really challenging times that we're facing, from your perspective, what leadership skills are most critical?
1: Right now, the leadership skills that I see are is uh, number one is to be able to live in an inconsistent market and thrive and manage through that. Two is the ability to manage change and transformation, which uh, while companies are constantly doing that and you need to be adept and agile and have the tools to facilitate that. And then thirdly, be uh, be able to uh, get your point across Uh, in in solid communication skills. So you need to, by doing that, you need to insert yourself into the process and network with people so that this way you are considered added value at all times. Um, Also, you need to be a great listener, in addition to being able to speak, to truly understand what the issues are and and how to bring a team together to uh, resolve resolve those issues. So Jonah, you gave me four answers, right? Out of
0: those, can you give me some examples of what gets in the way of leaders having the ability to do these things?
1: Um, Leaders operate in silos in many cases because they don't want other groups to either take over their work or find their flaws or find issues or gaps in whatever it is that they're working on. So that's, number one of why uh, what makes things challenging is that you're trying to align two different teams that roll up or three different teams that roll into different senior leadership um so that's definitely an issue working um, in silos okay working in silos uh secondly um in many cases the senior leadership don't share information so they have knowledge on you know how to operate but they don't always marshal the troops to do that you know just yet you know They are focused on the BAU when we need to be focused on transformation. So they don't spend too much time in the day in, day out versus on long-term planning, long-term solutions, how to fix something so that going forward, it's not manual or painful or, um, so that's also an issue. They focus right on the BAU stuff, many cases, and not the long-term planning. As you know, Ginny, that is critical for the success, not only of the company, but for the success of the team, when you've got a three-year or a five-year plan out there of what you you see yourself, because it's going to change anyway. the The industry is always changing. There's always new technology. There's always new, you know, markets that come in and out. Right. So, so and and let's go into that one.
0: Like, what do you think gets in the way of of leaders not having the. Um, Patience, I want to say, to go through this long-term planning or more transparency. They
1: are incentivized by their short-term, one year. So they put out accomplishments for the year and, and drive that culture to meet those objectives versus three to five years, they're not compensating. They don't know if they'll be there. They don't know what their role will be. So that's, it's really uh, short-term incentives that are driving you know their short-term solutions versus long-term. It's a culture disconnect. I love that.
0: And it, it, it really resonates on my end, because I do see that, right? And so let's talk about, uh, we mentioned some of the shortcomings mm-hmm. of uh, senior leadership or leaders in general that uh, would benefit uh, us as a whole, if they were to be more focused on the long term, in addition to taking yeah. care of the day to day. I mean, that is almost a oh, given, yeah. Right. Yeah. So how should companies address or approach developing
1: their leaders and talent during this time? Maybe they need to shadow somebody else's leadership so that they are cross-culture to see you know, to feel that pain, even if it's for three weeks or three months, some sort of a program, right? A pilot program to see if that would work. I would certainly think that would be a great solution. Obviously, training and bringing um, people accountable either through a group review or through some sort of a where they're forced to share the results with not just their managers but maybe a, a team. Um, and I think there needs to be, uh, you know, within strategic strategy and planning groups, something along the lines where that information is kind of disseminated to keep people so they know what they're thinking in terms of strategy in the long, you know, in the, in the three to five years. Tell me more about the last one uh in terms of the three to five years long-term planning well a lot of times that's kept on the cusp you know especially because a lot of it is um you know is there an nda agreement that needs to take place or they're thinking about outsourcing an entire team are they thinking about headcount reduction so a lot of the information are they thinking about acquiring somebody or something so that information is highly you know uh, needs to be guarded how do you share that and and you know, keep the teams motivated. It's like, it's, it's certainly impossible. Everybody's always afraid. Right. Um, And I know
0: that um, you've been through this in the past and most of us have been through the reorgs and the downsides and all of that, that happens, uh, all that change that is almost natural and organic now in organizations as we ebb and flow. Um, How, how do you suggest having been through this in the past how, how do you suggest that leaders go about doing this in a way that is more humane and more transparent and yet strategic, right? Because I think not a lot of people can handle that. So how right. do you suggest from your from your experience that leaders address those types of plans that are kind of confidential in some, in some way?
1: Well, I, I think like we talked about, you know, so in other words, you bring in another leader temporarily to you know, maybe attend some staff meetings or maybe, you know, share types of information that they're facing in order to bond so that, they come, so that the, the people that be, are being developed have another view of what their work, how it impacts other teams uh, that are across the silo. And they're hearing that directly from a senior leader. Um, so I think that would help. And two is to, you know, continue to, um, you know, establish a bench, you know, it, you know, there's, if, if someone needs to move off, you've got people already in the works kind of learning, you know, the day to days from it. So it's a quicker transition if things change. How
0: do you think people will react when they start seeing other people like kind of, you know, circling around? Bas- basically, because that's not the culture in many
1: places. Right, right. I think it'll be, a, at first, it'll be a little bit scary, but then after, you know, They're not uh, fearful of either their jobs or the livelihood of people, you know, defining flaws in their work. Uh, I think in the long run, I think they'll feel more connected to the company and to the culture.
0: Yeah. And it sounds to me like that would uh, create that transparency that people keep talking about, right? Right. Really understanding what's going on versus being kept in the dark.
1: Transparency, standardization, understanding a full end-to-end picture of the work that they're, you know, what they're doing, how it impacts other groups. Like if you draw, the companies really care about, right? They want to drive revenue. They want to cut costs. They want to streamline operations. And then in Verizon, we have certain um, societal things that we like to do, like in terms of um, energy sustainability, in terms of uh, digital inclusion, in terms of social uh, prosperity, things like that. So those are really, there's the the drivers of any or any organizations really can be kind of factored into those four buckets if you will and uh, that drives our operations it drives the strategy and it drives Wall Street with the public yeah thank you Jonah these are really insightful
0: um, uh, very insightful information you're sharing with us because it's giving us a whole different perspective from what we've been discussing and I want to ask you for those leaders that are listening
1: Mm -hmm.
0: who are facing all kinds of different challenges. What advice would you give those leaders who are looking to develop and create a unique edge?
1: Uh, I think they should work with empathy and gratitude, right? That they have a team. I think they need to cultivate the team so that the team always feels included. Every member understands what their role is and somehow they're connected. And then with that, you know, when you discuss like other long term changes, you know, let the team know that maybe they need to be trained on certain things or maybe they need to network with certain people, it would be helpful. A lot of times in the one to one standard, you talk about the work itself, but not the people that they need to engage in or um, or that impact. They only see that, you know, of what they're do- what they're doing on a daily basis. They don't see the exposure across the organization.
0: And without those relationships and that exposure it's much more difficult to get things done
1: absolutely absolutely
0: now i know you are someone who self-develops a lot i just happen to know you so (laughs) um from that angle what do you recommend to those leaders that aren't maybe doing it who are kind of just coasting right now
1: make it a priority to develop the team right that needs to be right up there along with all the other uh, incentives and accomplishments and number two is to um, focus on those uh, the good qualities, so that these people have opportunities to move and grow. You know, not just thrive in the in the uh, uh, responsibilities that they have today, but where can they grow from there? If they grow, you grow. You know, as a as a leader, meet with the, their people face to face, make time for them, and when you make time for them, don't. It's not just about the work; it's about growing networking what classes can you take what meetings should you be at what what processes can you insert yourself in so that you become the face of enterprise planning or whatever it is that you are looking to do people need to identify you with that role always and then that cultivates a culture it cultivates the 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 value add and it cultivates a lot of things in order to get the processes done in a more seamless manner
0: yeah, it seems like it's uh, both in a way you're developing yourself by doing that, right, and growing in that way, and then you're growing your team.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Excellent. And I guess
1: lastly, don't be afraid of pushback, which everyone, you know, things that, you know, teams are not, um, a lot of people are reluctant to change, no matter what, this is always the way they've done it, you know, so they need to have a, you know, a, a safe launch pad, like I say, a safe space to uh, be motivated and to want to grow and whatever that new change is. And that safe space is created by us, the leaders. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Wow. Thank you
0: so much, Jonah. Before we leave, um, what do you want to leave the audience with? What do you want to share as the last message for them?
1: That people want to be like them. They need to be role models and uh, how they would like to be perceived and how they would like to be remembered. And it's much easier to, uh, to have that when you're truly authentic and when you uh, really network with all levels in the organization.
0: Yeah, gorgeous. Thank you so much, Jonah. How can people reach you if they want to connect with you on LinkedIn or anywhere else?
1: Uh, I'm on LinkedIn at uh, Jonah Gingerelli. I am uh, at Verizon and my phone number is public.
0: <laughs> Great, awesome. Thank you so much, Jonah. I look forward to seeing you soon. If you enjoy this content, subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. And if you want to stay in touch and hear from us, join our community to receive valuable strategies and tools at executivebound.com. I'll see you next time.